Welcome to TGI, Tourism Geography Insights, the podcast of Tourism Geography's journal where we discuss our latest research and developments of our peer-reviewed journal which explores tourism and tourism-related areas of recreation and leisure studies from a geographic perspective. Hola, senores y senoras. Hello, I am Jamie Gillen calling in from Auckland, New Zealand. We are pleased to welcome a newly minted doctor of tourism, Dr. Eugenia Altomirano, PhD from Spain. She's from the Department de Geografia at Universitat Rovira y Virgili. I'm sorry I'm not saying that as well, but it's getting there. We are speaking to her uh, this fine Labor Day in most of the world about a newly published paper that she published in Tourism Geographies called Legitimizing Discourses Within Favela Tourism. It's online first, so it doesn't have an issue number and page numbers just yet, but it is out there in the world and it is particularly interesting for me as a person who teaches a lot about slum tourism. Welcome, Eugenia, and congratulations. Hi, Jamie. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. Your pronunciation is spot on, so <laughs> keep working on it. Yeah, I will. I will. I took four years of Spanish in high school, which was now, you know, uh, 30 years ago. So, but I still like to try, and, and it's a lot of fun. So, gracias, and wonderful to speak to you. And we are going to spend the next 15 to 20 minutes together talking about this wonderful paper, which I just had a chance to read. And you can explain a little bit about its background, the context. And we'll also share some exciting news at the end of the podcast about your future plans, right? Okay, okay. great. Yes. Okay, so welcome again. And we'll start with the first question, which is, can you please explain to the audience what question or problem this work was intending to address? Yeah. So this paper examines how discursive practices can valorize and legitimize slums as spaces for cultural production and also consumption, and the role of tourism in ordering and valuing these uh, vernacular cultural landscapes. So some urban slums, especially in the global south, have become popular tourist attractions since the early 90s and attracting tourists looking for more authentic and uh, off the beaten track experiences involving local uh, cultures. So this niche practice, also, also known as slum tourism, as you mentioned, makes for a radical representation of unequal power relations between mobile subjects. These are these uh, Northwestern middle-class tourists that are able to travel, visit and consume slums and immobile subjects, which are the slum populations which have less economic capacities and social impediments sometimes to move from their localities. And this is why slum tourism has always been surrounded by controversies and uh, moral debates, which have drawn the attention from media and uh, had 
had extensive academic research in the past uh, 30 or so years. In this article in particular, we argue that first, tourists have capacity in co-producing meanings and values that can create and make sense of the world. And second, that within these processes of meaning making, tourist lamps and their spaces and cultures can have or can, uh, can attain new value and values beyond the social stigmas and the negative stereotypes uh, associated with them, which brings the, the possibility to empower slammed places and uh, communities. The paper deals mostly with the case of tourist favelas in Rio de Janeiro, and we ran a discourse analysis of a total of 79 texts. The sources, sources we examined are uh, O Globo Journal, which is a Brazilian conservative and liberal media conglomerate. Then we have pieces from A Voz das Comunidades, which is a grassroots digital journal uh, written and managed by favela residents. We also review the Instagram accounts of Rio's DMO, uh, Rio Tour, and the municipality also, the Prefectura de Rio de Janeiro. Finally, we analyze the community-based tourism state law, which regulates favelas that have a record of tourist uh, visitation. We codified the data using the software Atlas D, and uh, we reflected on three main questions to analyze these texts. First is what are the contested discourses within favela tourism? Second, how do different discourses legitimize favela's cognitive capital? And I'm going to talk about that a little bit more uh, afterwards. And how do these discursive practices order the, the favela? So this is the, the, the overview of, of the paper published in Tourism Geographies. Great. Thanks, Eugenia. And so before we get to the second question, just a quick one. I noticed in your answers and explanations of the paper that you use the word we. And then, you know, in your writing style in the paper, you also say we. And yet the paper is sole authored. So could you tell me how, why you're referring to we? Is, is it the proverbial re, we or, or is there a group of people and you took this forward? Um, could you explain? Yeah, no, actually I did it myself. I'm the single author because I did uh, the whole research. But well, I refer as we also including, I guess, my uh, PhD supervisor, Paolo Russo which was also involved in all the, the conversations and uh, we reached on this final product uh, together, I guess. So okay. this is why I refer we. Great, thanks so much for the clarification. Okay, mm -hmm. moving on to the second question. Can you please tell us uh, about the background of the, of the paper, the context of the work, why you decided on Rio, why you decided on the methods that you used, when did you write this, how did it relate to your PhD thesis, et cetera? Yeah, so um, this article is the third and last 
output of my PhD thesis, which I just uh, finished and defended last month. And so in my PhD, I assessed how tourism can open an avenue for legitimization of marginalized urban settlements at a physical, social, and cultural scale. And uh, my research was largely based on the case study of a specific favela called Santa Marta in Rio de Janeiro, where I spent six months doing ethnographic fieldwork from uh, September 2019 until March 2020. Mm. So in the first paper like that makes for the compendium of articles of my thesis, I first used ethnography to observe and deconstruct slums uh, landscape and all the issues that emerged throughout the different visits. In the second paper, I assess the relational processes that assemble different modes of ordering during favela tours and the actors that are made visible, invisible, questioned or altered. And you can go check out my other paper publications. And in this specific article published at Tourism Geographies, we assess the question of who has the power to decide what elements, spaces, and cultures are valuable or have normative validity in a touristified uh, favelas. So Rio is home to 7 million people, of which 22% live in squatted settlements called favelas. And these are largely populated by formerly enslaved people who migrated from Brazil's Northeast region, mm-hmm. which is also the region of the country Hmm. Uh, and it happened at the beginning of the 20th century they were looking for new job opportunities and therefore they migrated to the main cities so Rio de Janeiro and Sao Paulo mostly and the case of favelas is quite singular especially because of their morphological development and they are they are located on top of the hills that are scattered throughout the city center and very close to the center of economic and political power. So yet there are hard cultural and social borders between the hills and the asphalt as favela residents refer to people living in the the hegemonic uh, city. So this Political and social discourses have historically referred to favelas as a problem to be addressed. But some researchers and social movements and favela residents themselves see recognize favelas to be also rich cultural hubs with a profound sense of community, creative entrepreneurship, and also organic architectural development. So this is why we assessed discourses, media discourses, and why we decided on the case study of uh, favelas. Cool. Um, This was not something I just asked, but I'm curious, why did you choose to try and publish this paper in Tourism Geographies? What was it about Tourism Geographies that appealed to you? Well, I... I was following the work of Fabian Frenzel, for example, and, uh, and Fish, and they have a publication working with tourist valorization. So this paper offers a little bit of a follow-up mm-hmm. framework to enrich the analysis of tourist valorization practices. Um, and I thought it was a 
a good a good idea to to publish here to do this follow up. Very cool. That makes a lot of sense because the Frenzel paper and the Frenzel and Cohen's um, special issue are ones that I refer to quite a bit in my teaching. So, mm. thank you. Okay, in a simplified, basic manner for uh, general audiences, can you tell us a little bit about the theories that you use that underpin the work? I especially like the legitimate legitimation and the valorization points that you make. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we work with uh, basically three bodies of concepts and theories. First one is the concept linked to cognitive capitalism. <clears throat> which refer to the value that postmodern societies give to immateriality, their <clears throat> reliability with uh, communication and information technologies, and uh, the networking and cooperation processes mm -hmm. that this trigger. <clears throat> so urban landscapes, cities, are very fruitful environments for cognitive products because they gather a variety of social, economic, material, and cultural resources. And therefore, local governments and city planners want to make the most out of cities' cognitive capital to build this strong and positive brand image to promote cities. In the context of the global and urban south, to enter into the global market of cultural cities urban landscapes needed, needed to turn into this sanitized uh, and safe and comfortable places uh, and offer a variety of cultural experiences and services for visitors and new residents they wanted to attract. And this is what happened in Brazil, especially when Rio de Janeiro was preparing to host uh, sports mega events like the two, 2014 FIFA World Cup and the 2016 Olympics. In this process of city rebranding, uh, poverty and marginality were first seen as a landscape issue that can actually jeopardize the city's brand image. And therefore it needed to be reordered and either hide away or beautified. However, in this uh, neoliberal cognitive capitalism phase, any expression of the human experience can function as a commodity for tourism. And the culture of the poor and marginalized communities, or at least some of them, fit into, the, into this uh, exotic stereotype that tourists from wealthier countries expect to encounter in the global south. Friendsland first conceptual framework that we were talking about before of tourist valorization was useful to grasp these processes uh, that create symbolic and material values. They point out that tourist practices have agency to evaluate or judge positively, positively or negatively, to valorize, meaning to produce or reduce symbolic and material value, and to potentially capitalize on the values that were created. And over time, these valorization practices can have a normalizing effect on what come to be known as real about population and places, also known as the world-making tourism uh, capacity. So we propose a framework that complements these valorization theories 
and uh, enriches the analysis of the processes in which marginalized cognitive products may gain or lose social validation or legitimization. So we analyze the data by looking at three legitimation categories. First one is authorization, which refers to the authority given to tradition, costumes, and, and laws, and people with some kind of institutional or social uh, validation, which can be tourists themselves, celebrities or influencers that visit the favela, and also the laws and written projects from local administrations. The second category is moral evaluation, which is based on value systems and judgments. Um, these don't appear explicitly in text, but we can find them as adjectives or generalizations and by basically reading between the lines. And the last one is rationalization, which is closely linked to moral evaluation, but they are shown more explicitly on text. So these statements appeared with a backing up of statistics, academic research, and some form of empirical data. Cool, that was uh, very helpful and uh, summarized well what, what I had read. I appreciate that, Eugenia. Now, the next question is, what are the key takeaways? in this paper that you would like to share with reader, with, with listeners? Mm -hmm. So what we found uh, after analyzing this, uh, this data using this categorization, uh, these legitimation categories, we found that Oglobo mainly uses tourism to legitimize economic growth and to validate securitization policies uh, that happened during this uh, rebranding processes that change the city for the Olympics and the other games, especially the securitization policies like the pacification police units were very controversial because of mm -hmm. the excessive use of uh, police uh, violence. And Oglobo set forth these moral claims supported by academic research and tourist testimonies and statistical data to justify tourism as a form of economic development and possibly social change. But on the other hand, Avos das Comunidades, the grassroots journal, gave more relevance and visibility to the policies that actually tackled uh, favelas cultural production. And at the same time, they were very skeptical on tourism's contribution mm -hmm. to positive change and instead saw it as instrumental for police intervention. So that was very con contested or a contrasted outcome of comparing these two journals. Then according to the data, also the best valued assets in uh, tourist favelas were the views, the landscape views, mm. because they are located in the field. So some favelas have the best views uh, of the of Rio's landscape and which the ambience also of favela, which many of the visitors perceived as very different from their previous imaginaries and also the, the expectations that they had um, of, the, of the visit. The, the analysis of the Instagram accounts showed that 
favela tourism was mostly ignored by Rio's DMO, Rio Tour, which was quite surprising, and also by the municipality's account, which only show a few posts about uh, favelas, favelas ambience, uh, usually featuring the carnival, for example, during the carnival season, mm -hmm. but never making a direct reference on favelas as cultural producers. Uh, the community-based tourism, community-based tourism state law gave us the most relevant findings of all these sources. This document provided institutional validities to favelas as valuable tourist sites and also fostered their, their insertion into the formal economy of the wider city. Although we observe also a lack of consistency in the law in the law's enforcement, which is also something that is not unusual in the global urban south or in the global south in general. For example, the law says that the DMO should be in charge of promoting favela tourism. But as I said before, they were barely mentioned in the in the DMO social media accounts and also in the in the website. Nevertheless, these are particularly interesting achievements for the state government because the law brought access to and control over the territories that lie mostly out of the formal political and economic uh, systems. Also, the law applies only to favelas with a history of tourist visitation and leaves other favelas that didn't have tourism before the law was, how do you say, like when the law like is launched uh, or issued. Uh, passes, yeah. Passes, yeah. Leaves the other favelas uh, that didn't have tourism before the, the law passed, which leaves them with a very uncertain legal pathway to order their potential tourist development. Anyways, this law sets an example of how tourism can actually drive policies to reorder urban settlements and recognize marginalized cultural identities once they become potentially valuable assets for the city and the tourism in the city. All in all, tourists were perceived to have authority in evaluating and valorizing slums landscape beyond the evaluations of the hegemonic social and political elites. However, there's two questions that still resonate. First is who benefits from the valorization of slums cultural capital? And second, who decides on the social validity of emergent cultural uh, elements? In some, the main findings of this paper point out that the discursive practices can create material realities that establish new normative orders and in which tourist favelas may go from representing a social and cultural problem to becoming authentic and traditional places. However, the data also shows that favela tourism discourses do not always work in favor of legitimizing their cultures and empowerment, but instead they validate neoliberal development and surveillance policies like the UPP. Cool, thanks Eugenia, that's a nice thorough summary of uh, the takeaways. And there's a lot to, lot to chew on with that, but also there's a lot to chew on in the paper. Yeah. Um, we're, we're heading towards the finish line. 
And I was curious in my last question, if you have any follow-up about, about everything that has happened perhaps in the favela in Rio since you've been there since early 2020, any comment on the literature, on the debates, where you hope to put it, where it goes, uh, any, any additional things uh, that you'd like the audience to know? Mm -hmm. Well, I would like to point out that tourism in favelas dropped significantly after Temerskoop and did not improve during the Bolsonaro era. Uh, favela tourism had a, a golden age during these sports mega events, but actually right now and after COVID, the situation is quite um, unstable. And uh, tourism in terms of number of visitors and also the support they receive from local administrations has significantly uh, dropped. But right now with the return of Lula da Silva to the, to the presidency, this brings some sort of hope to favela tourism stakeholders. And uh, this is, particularly because it was during uh, Lula da Silva's last mandate that favela tourism actually received the most attention from the state government. So I think this should be a, a topic that needs some follow-up research to see how it unravels now with uh, Lula's new presidency uh, and to see if favelas receive new input and uh, some sort of support from the local administrations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Thanks for mentioning Lula's return uh, to Brazilian politics. That was pretty surprising to me. My sister-in-law is Brazilian, and uh, oh. she was she had a lot to say about it. But yeah. So thank you for bringing the political yeah. context into the local uh, slum tourism activities. Yeah. And many of us remember the the issues, the tensions, the between the slums and and the two mega events, as you mentioned. So that's really helpful too. So yeah. last but not least, uh, Eugenia has just finished her PhD, submitted successfully, congratulations to her. And she's starting a new job in Barcelona. And would you like to mention that uh, to everyone before we sign off, Eugenia? Yeah, so I finished my PhD at Roberto Virgili, as you said, and I've been just hired at Hostelea School of Tourism Management in Barcelona, where I've been teaching a few courses in tourism in the past two years. So I'm, I'll be working full time there. So you'll be able to reach me out for collaborations and any other form of exchange. Awesome. I mean, Barcelona, one of the most, if not the most, touristified city. Uh, and also there's a huge amount of blowback and pushback from our from residents there. So it's one of them, it's right in the heart of what we do when we're thinking about our urban tourism. So really exciting for you to be there and expand and ex, uh, extend your uh, your research there. Thanks so much, Eugenia, for uh, staying with us and 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 sharing your research with us. Thank you very much for having me and looking forward to be back. Nice. Okay, so you can reach Eugenia at me.altamirano90 at gmail.com. So that's Eugenia, Eugenia Altamirano at me.altamirano90 at gmail.com. And that, that address is available on her uh, 
paper, which is entitled Legitimizing Discourses Within Favela Tourism, recently published online in uh, Tourism Geographies. Have a look. Thanks again to Eugenia for joining us this morning in Spain. And don't forget, you can get on Tourism Geographies Journal website through the Terrell and Francis website. And please don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Tourism Journal. That's Tourism Journal on Twitter. And enjoy our podcasts wherever you find podcasts. Okay, signing off from Auckland and from Spain. Good night. Thank you.